following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthling. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. <laughs> I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another exciting episode right here on the Angel Espino Show. You know me as the Jackal. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. How's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully you're all sitting nice and cozy, relaxed, and ready to rock and roll. We have Joe Roop on the show tonight on the second hour on the, well, on the guest hour of the show. And uh, he, of course, is a radio podcaster himself, and I'm sure he has a lot of uh, fringe topics to talk about tonight. And uh, it is April 8th, 2021. Another week in the books, another Biden blunder, and more folks in the news for stuff they shouldn't do. Folks, uh, the news has been all over the place this week, and... I don't know where to begin. It's just uh, it's one of those crazy things. But before I get too into what's going on, I want to make sure I mention to everybody. By the way, free plug. I've been drinking a lot of this. Let me get it out of the way. I don't know if you can see that. Good stuff. Apple juice. That's really good. Uh, <clears throat> chips. Not so good. But apple juice and chips. Hey, tough times. Listen, folks. Before I continue, I want you to do me a favor. Check out the uh, subscribe button. Make sure you hit that and uh, give me a thumbs up. Also, uh, you know, your comments are always, always, always welcomed. If you guys want to uh, chime in on what we're going to be talking about tonight, please do so. That's why we have the chat room open and available all over the place, from uh, DLive to YouTube to VK to YourK, MyK, all next to the word Twitch. Everywhere. Even this new place called Trovo, we're there too. So I want to welcome everybody who's either watching or listening in on the stream. Yes, also listening. We're still live on PSN Radio and SoFlo Radio. So welcome one, welcome all. This is going to be a fun show. Again, uh, if you guys have been at all paying attention over the last, uh, I don't know, couple of weeks here. I am pretty sure you've noticed just how crazy things have gotten, right? Well, if you've been paying attention for the last four years at all, I'm pretty sure you understand what I'm saying when I say crazy. But uh, like I said, I think on the last show, it seems like Every day, crazier stuff happens. Uh, it's amazing. Like, not a day goes by that something just completely insane happened. Now, why do I bring that up? Because the first story that I wanted to get to uh, had to do with a very well-known and controversial rap artist uh, named DMX. Now, if you're at all a fan of hip-hop, I myself being a fan of hip-hop, you're probably well aware who DMX is. 
and you've probably uh, already kind of seen in the news what's been going on. Apparently, he might be brain dead, from all accounts uh, uh, reported here. Um, he suffered a drug overdose that issued a heart attack. Okay, and uh, I mean this is really sad news. Uh, this is uh, something I reported over on my website. If you guys want to check that entire uh, thing out, is over on angelespino.com. Again, that's angelespino.com. Now, the situation has gotten really bad with DMX. He's in a vegetated state at the moment, which is, I mean, that's the worst case scenario, guys. Uh, I mean, right now they're saying he's probably uh, brain dead. There was a, a false report that he was getting better, but that was corrected by, I guess, the family. Uh, who said he's still not responsive, he's still, you know, uh, not showing any signs of uh, of getting better. Uh, I mean, this is a, not it's something unexpected uh, for a lot of people who have uh, been a follower of his, really have uh, kind of, like, seen this coming. In fact, being 2021, a lot of us were like, well, he's lasted a long time considering uh you know this is not his first run-in with a uh, drug uh, addiction he's been in the news for the last 20 years uh, with uh, this problem remember dmx is a uh, kind of old school now which is weird for me to say because i've i remember his first couple albums the uh, rough rider anthem all that stuff and uh you know at one point he was like being uh touted as you know the next big thing in hip-hop and he was for a while. I mean, like his first two, three albums were very, very good. Uh, you know, his later stuff kind of got a little watered down. I think as he smoked more drugs, it watered his his music down. Uh, the the weird thing is he's a you know well known for um, you know incorporating religion and his personal view on God and all that stuff into his music and. Uh, you know, now more than ever, I think he needs the prayers that he, uh, you know, even sit in his own music. So, I mean, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to, to the man. I mean, I really feel bad uh, that, you know, DMX is uh, in this condition. But this goes right into what I always like to uh, tell my friends, uh, you know, about be careful, uh, you know, what you do in life. Be careful who you hang out with. Be careful... Uh, what you put in your body because, you know, you never know what reaction you're going to have and you never know when that moment's going to come when your body says, okay, this is too much. He's had other overdoses before, but nothing, I think, to this extent. Uh, so, I mean, this in itself is kind of rare uh, that, you know, his, you know, his whole body and brain pretty much is uh, shut down, but... Uh, I you know I haven't seen the exact report if they have put out yet of how much drugs were in the system, um, but I mean to leave him brain dead and have a, a heart attack that's that's pretty serious. So our, you know our thoughts are uh, with DMX. Uh, you know my thoughts and, and prayers are with DMX. I might not be exactly the most religious person on the planet, eh, you know, but I do think prayer works because it's a consciousness thing and. I do think that, you know, once uh, we all kind of uh, collectively send out that positive vibe, we can make a difference. I remember Art Bell, uh, 
did experiments on this. I think even uh, maybe George Snorri might have done some experiments on this, uh, where, um, you know, they did uh, a collective, um, you know, uh, I guess experiment with, you know, the audience, and they all send vibes or prayers towards, you know, something that was going on, and and it actually kind of worked. I know Art was kind of scared, and he stopped doing it after a couple times, but... Uh, you know, I do believe in the power of prayer because, you know, uh, once again, even if you're not ultra-religion, religious, uh, you know, there's still a, un- a unity uh, that connects us all. So, uh, you know, again, my prayers are with DMX, and uh, hopefully he does get better and, you know, the brain starts working. And if he does get out alive, hopefully uh, he, you know, comes back and uh, it has a little bit more awareness of his life and... Uh, Stops using all those drugs, man. You know, like when you're young and dumb and you experiment, uh, that's one thing. You, you, your body can kind of take it, even though I don't suggest it. Uh, but, you know, some folks, uh, you know, when they're young, they're dumb and they're, they're going to, you know, experiment. I was young and dumb and I, I've done my uh, my experimenting. But, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I said, okay, that's enough. And honestly, I didn't really get into, like, hard drugs. Like, you know, dude over here, you know, does uh, meth, crack, heroin. I mean, he's known for doing all these things. I never got into any of that. The most I ever done was uh, a few ecstasy uh, pills with, like, chicks that I used to go out with. Or, I'm sorry, women, ladies. Because uh, <laughs> you can't say chicks anymore or you're out of here. Uh, I, you know, that's about really the, the hardest drugs that I did. Um, you see, took a couple of gel tabs in the, uh, mid, late nineties with friends, uh, that's LSD. Uh, for those of you who don't know what gel tabs are. And of course, you know, smoke pot. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I really, and it, it wouldn't, when I say the other two, other than pot, uh, it was very rare and on, uh, like, you know, special occasions and when friends brought it over and you're like, well, everybody else is doing it and you're there with your chick and you're like, well, you know, she's doing it and might as well do it, you know, and it's free, so what are you going to do? You drop a couple rolls, you know, like that was... Uh, for a couple of years, and uh, honestly, I think it was the last time I remember I ever did anything like that. It was probably, no kidding, like 1999. I can almost remember the date. Now, drinking is a different story. I, I You know, for a long time, I drank heavily. And I, I, I thank my uh, friends, the professional hanger-outers. Shout-outs to them uh for that because they were uh, all about getting drunk over the weekend and stuff so we did a lot of like partying and drinking <clears throat> then my health uh told me uh yeah you need to stop that uh because it's not good and um again i believe in the power of uh prayer and i believe that if we all help uh right now uh sending our vibes to DMX uh, you know, we might be able to make a difference and help the dude out. So again, our, our thoughts are with you, DMX. Get better. Uh, now, staying with what's going on in the news, we have, of course, uh, you know, uh, the left trying to destroy the planet. And uh, it seems like they're going to do this. Uh, 
and the you know obviously they're going to attack the conservatives at all times but i think you know what we're starting to see now is the left is going at folks one at a time hardcore and you're going to see more and more of this as time goes on remember we have at least till midterm elections here where they control the house the senate and the presidency and it's going to be very tough for republicans or conservatives to win the house majority or to win the senate coming up just because of the way the game is being rigged <clears throat> i mean you know you know the thing uh by the left and the way they're stacking their chips is going to be very hard for the uh, conservatives to win unless you know there really is an uprising in this country of voters that are just fed up and i'm talking about a record number of voters i don't know how many of you are out there that are you know willing to stand up and really go out and make yourself uh you know heard uh when it's uh you know time to vote but look right now they're going hard after florida's matt gates i mean really really hard and uh this is uh uh, right out of Orlando, Florida, this was reported over on MSN.com. It says legal peril, uh, legal peril on Representative Matt Gates is uh, facing a period to increase sharply Thursday, which is today, after a court hearing in, in indicated that one of Gates's closest friends, former Seminole County, Florida tax collector Joel Greenberg, is likely cooperating with f uh, federal prosecutors. Now the uh, politically ominous developments for those for the uh, close for the close ally of former President Donald Trump came. Look how they put that in there. Close ally of former President Donald Trump. They still, you know, like they have to throw Trump in there in all these news, you know, reports. Uh, now it says here. Uh, it says uh, close ally of former President Donald Trump came as prosecutors and. A defense attorney uh, for Greenberg appeared before a judge uh, to discuss the next steps in a recent expanded criminal case uh, charging Greenberg with sex trafficking of a minor, as well as stalking, bribery, and defrauding the uh, pandemic-related paycheck protection program. Now it says here, and I'm quoting, I'm sure Matt Gates is not feeling very comfortable today. Greenberg's defense attorney, uh, uh, Fritz Scheller, said after the uh, hearing, the federal probe looking into whether Gates uh, had any sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl and paid for her travel began last year and grew out of, uh, out of the uh, Greenberg investigation. We believe this case is going to be a plea, federal prosecutor uh, Roger Hanberg said, at the outset of the brief hearing. My hope would be that uh, it is done uh, this month. Uh, Schiller agreed uh, that this uh, his client is looking to deal. Okay. I expect uh, this case uh, to be solved or resolved with a plea, the defense lawyer said moments later. However, Schiller said he doubted he d the details of the agreement would be hashed out by the end of April. Now, I don't think, and I'm quoting here, it says, I don't think it's realistic for the plea to be resolved this month, Schiller told the judge. The brief hearing took less than 10 minutes, and attorneys did not mention Gates by name in court. 
which is interesting uh, because the whole report is about Matt Gates, right? The exchange uh, and Schiller's extended comments uh, to reports uh, to reporters uh, following the session, however, strongly suggested that Greenberg is assisting the prosecution and that Thursday's events were uh, choreographed to turn up the heat on Gates. Gates did not respond to a request for comment on the latest turn and the mushrooming legal saga that has become sex life. Uh, I threw that last part in there. Uh, Scheller emphasized to journalists uh, that talks about potential deal with the government have been underway for at least a month, and the defense lawyer also said that he expected the ongoing plea in discussions to take some time to resolve because he expected the prosecutors would need high-level approval for any agreement. We have all these levels of approval from the government, uh, from the Department of Justice, he said. It's complicated. There's a lot of different aspects uh, to this, and it's an ongoing process. The new developments signal potentially serious troubles for Gates, as the prosecutors now have uh, someone close to the congressman apparently willing to prove an insider account of his activities. Such information and perspective can be vital to provide context for the financial and travel records prosecutors are known to be scrutinizing. Known to be scrutinizing. Greenberg, however, could not or could have credibly uh, could have credibility problems as a witness if he takes the stand against Gates because the former tax collector faces separate charges of having sex with a minor and for falsely smearing a rival as a pedophile. But Greenberg could prove useful to prosecutors without taking the stand, including by leading them to evidence that could maybe corroborate what he has to say. So he might not have to take the stand. They might get some evidence. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. Now it becomes a he say, she say type of thing. You see where this is going, folks? I don't trust this because, you know, right there, it kind of tells you everything. He's cooperating. He's working on a deal. He might not have to even take the stand. And they're going to kind of fit everything into a nice narrative box. We kind of, didn't we go through that with Trump, you know, since he was brought up in this article? Uh, Remember the Russia hoax? Remember the impeachment of Donald Trump, uh, the first one? It was all based on the supposed evidence they had on Donald Trump that he colluded, you know, he colluded with Russia. He was working with Putin, and it was all based on this Christopher Steele dossier that connected all the dots. And then we found out it was all Hillary Clinton about that crap, and so does the bag of goods. And Adam Schiff made a you know a big show for nothing. And then when they went to trial there was nothing there and they all kind of like looked kind of goofy with their finger up their nose saying yeah come on senators can you give us something because we got nothing and then they got nothing and uh, the whole thing was a a big you know nothing burger as you know a lot of those uh, people like to say on the uh, both ends of the spectrum that you know I never heard that term until 
uh, I I started like you know getting more and more into politics over the last uh, you know couple of years, and then all of a sudden I like I started watching you know a lot of the uh, you know press conferences and stuff over the last uh, you know few years, especially during the entire impeachment stuff, and the whole nothing burger kept coming up. It's a nothing burger. It's a nothing burger. Mostly Republicans were saying it, and uh, when, you know it kind of stuck a little bit, but you know it it, it was actually pretty accurate. Uh, it, it was a nut and burger. And uh, I'm about to uh, bring in Joe on the line here with me. And uh, we're going to go and have some fun with him. Let's go ahead and get him on the call because it is that time of the hour. So let's hope uh, Joe is on with French FM. Joe, my friend, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here, brother. What's happening? Chilling, my friend. We're live on the air, and uh, welcome to the Angel Espina Show inside the Jackal's Head. You're on all over the place, but you know that because you're like you know you, you you're like better than me at this. From what <laughs> we talked about earlier, than you brother. I think you're. <laughs> I, I think you're a veteran at it. Like you you've been doing this longer than I have for sure. You know. Um, so you're saying <laughs> I'm old. No, I don't, dude, I don't even really know how old you are, honestly. I, I really don't. I've never asked. You know, that's how funny. You? you really haven't. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm 75, but I feel like I'm 98. You're 75 years old. No, I'm only kidding. That's a, see, that's a lie. You gotta, like, I was fixing to be like, dang, no, no there's no way. You're not 75. <laughs> I sound pretty good for a 75-year-old, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, stellar. <laughs> Dude, if I, if I sounded like this at 75, I'd be a very, very happy child at heart. Me too, Me too brother. <laughs> I predict at 75, I'm uh, probably either dead or something like this. But right now, no, I'm 43, man. I'm, I'm only 43 years old. Uh, my birthday, ironically enough, uh, is on December 30th. Which there's two very special individuals on this planet. One I kind of look, you know, uh, at as a uh, as a good dude who's had a rough, uh, you know, time uh, recently, uh, and another one who's kind of a douchebag who's had a good time recently. Uh, one that has a, kind of had a bad time, but a good dude is Tiger Woods. He's born December 30th, and the one who is kind of a douchebag is LeBron James, also born December 30th. So. I share with the king and the king of uh, basketball and the king of uh, golf, I guess you could kind of call them, my birthday. Yeah, that's but not I'm 43. Bad, not a bad group to be in. No, not too shabby, right? Yeah, no, it's yeah. not too shabby at all. So uh, so we're saying it could be worse. That's good. Uh, I'm down yeah, with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, dude, I was born on April 1st, all right? So I'd love to change my birthday, right? So... Uh, any other day, but I got the the fool's day. So there you go. Wow, well, yeah, that's that's rough, bro. That's oh man, that's rough. I mean, yeah. you, you tell people you tell people it's my birthday, and they're like, "Oh come on, yo, who you fooling?" Right? Yeah, yeah. So I was born a joke. Yeah, that's what people say. I get it. Uh, well, you know, it, that's bad. But you know, here's the thing: when you're born on December thirtieth, you got to remember, uh, Joe. I'm born so close to Christmas, and my family was, uh, you know, of certain religion that celebrated Christmas. That around that time of the holiday, they were like, "Here, this gift is for both your birthday and Christmas. It's a lousy <laughs> T-shirt because we're broke this year." Yeah, and right. it's like it would be like one of those Harley Davidson T-shirts 
that they got at the gas station as it went to fill up. And that happened to me once uh, when I was a kid, and it's, it was all my brother's fault. He had just landed in jail, so all our money went to, like, lawyers. And my parents my parents <laughs> oh, felt really bad. And yeah. uh, they were like, oh, man, we got to get the kid something. It's his birthday, and it's Christmas. And my dad was like, he's into motorcycles. Harley Davidson, brilliant idea. <laughs> the, the problem is I was like, uh, what, I was like, nine years old and the t-shirt was like a double xl and i'm like doesn't even fit me it's like three times too big and my dad was mm -hmm. like oh you'll grow into it and i'm like so you thought ahead in other words <laughs> you're not buying me any more clothing from here for the next five ten years i, I like the way you think pops that's uh no more t-shirts for this one got him locked well, to the next I've five been there, dude. i've been there man <laughs> like i've been i've gotten big a few but i don't know it's kind of hard I think the biggest shirt I ever wore in my life was a 4X. Uh, but, you know, this radio thing will get you, man. It will. If you're sitting, like, for a few years, I sat in front of the the computer, I would say, for, like, almost two years straight, trying to build a fringe FM and do Lighting the Void. And it yep. turned into, like, my body just turned into mush. It really did. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I've been doing this for over a decade and you know, I, I've I've worked in the car business, you know, as my regular uh, job. Uh, but you know, yeah, once you're you know doing this, you have to sit down for long periods of time, and it's not easy. And uh -huh. for me, it wasn't too bad until you know a couple of years ago when I had uh, the bad car wreck and broke my back. Yeah, what's and, that like, man? Break, I mean, breaking your back—that's got to be freaking scary, right? And the worst part is they still haven't operated and fixed it. I'm still with a broken back two years later. Man. So, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, you know, it's sitting down is rough. Uh, laying on you know for long periods of time, like to sleep, is not easy. Uh, walking around sometimes is kind of hard because the legs feel kind of weird because circulation so bad from the, uh, you know, the damage in the spine. Uh, so it, it's it's been very very weird. Uh, but the the surgery I have to get is scary, man. They got to go in through the back, cut me open, fuse my spine. Then, this is the best part. After an eight hour operation, right? They flip me over. It's like a rotisserie chicken. They flip me over to get the other side and cook me. They cut me open like a C section in the front, and then they put the screws in to make sure the uh, fusion sticks. Oh yeah, that sounds scary, dude. All right, so they're going through the back okay. and in the front. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, even the doctor said. Are you sure you cannot live without the? You know, you can you can maybe deal with the pain because you know even people who have that surgery sometimes come back with issues. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm kind of thinking about that now. Like, oh my god! And he's like, yeah, yeah, you, you, that's gonna be a that's a tough surgery. And uh, well, here I sit, but you know. It is what it is, man. We got to carry on. And as long as we're still breathing, it's like, you know, you're you're given a gift, right? That's why it's called the present. Because every day is a present given to you by whoever your Lord is. That's right, man. That's totally right. I'm with you on that for sure. 100%. So, Even though some days the... don't feel like too much of a present, you have to keep telling yourself that sometimes. You know? Yeah, At least they, I do. Yeah, me... yeah you got to just, uh, you know, uh, keep your eyes on the prize and... Just uh, hope you stay alive. And just like you, you know, one thing that, that I love about your bio is that 
Uh, early on, you said that you, you knew there was more to life than meets the eye. By the way, that, that's G.I. Joe, right? More than meets the eye. Is that Transformers? It might be more Transformers. Meets... Yeah. Yeah, Transformers. Uh, but, you know, just like, yeah, I, I believe that there's more to life than meets the eye. So whatever, you know, we're here for, uh, I think there's like a, a meaning behind it. Now, you, of course, are the owner, executive producer, uh, the, the the head cheese of uh, Fringe FM, who some right. in our field, uh, you know, think uh, is on the actual dial, but it's an online station, and you guys are doing uh, fantastic uh, work for a long time, and I'm envious because, you know, you guys are so professional over there, and we're still trying on PSN. Yeah, we have our... We have, our, we have the Fringe Late Night um, uh, syndicated with the Baker Media that they run a couple of radio stations back home. But the cool. idea is, is listen, it, okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. Radio, uh, terrestrial radio is great. It's not dying like people think it is. However, it is changing. The whole model is mm. changing, and, and everything's going to IP, and eventually it'll all just be one big IP grid, you know, if the go-go bots don't take over. But that's where right. it's going to happen. No, and the reason that, that it's better that it, it's global. I mean, you know, the thing that always kind of gets me about, you know, just being on FM or AM is that you're kind of localized to a couple of networks that will run your show or run your network. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, usually small pockets of the population. But you guys, like I said, you guys have been doing this globally now for, for a while on the Internet also. So it's yeah. not just, you know, on FM, which is really cool. But it is called Fringe FM. So uh, now you have a little bit of a southern accent, as uh, some of you uh, might uh, hear. Yeah, don't, don't you think I'm losing it a little since the last time I talked to you? Just it's a just little a tad. Bit. Yeah, you've yeah. been in Florida, haven't you? Yeah, well, I went to Florida. <laughs> I visited Florida. But I moved to uh, – I've been in upstate New York since uh, late August of last year. So – Ah. Now, upstate, um, it's not New York City. Uh, right, it right, says right, that right. on my Facebook profile because I couldn't find uh, Rochester, but I'm closer to Rochester. So everybody up oh, okay. here looks like Dan Aykroyd, you know. Yes, which is not a bad thing. Love Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd's amazing. It's just a culture yeah. shock for me. But, brother, there's just as many rednecks up here in upstate New York as there is in Arkansas, I can tell you. <laughs> How are you guys dealing with the uh, you know the dreaded kung flu over there? Well, this is not like really the best state to be in with the uh, COVID stuff, and I have my own opinions about it, and they're not real popular with a lot of people, you know. But this yep. state is probably one of the worst to live in if you want to be free. Now, Florida, on the other hand, man, I went down there and it was just like a big party. Nobody cared about COVID <laughs> or nothing. So it's kind of like a Dude, I I mean, Florida is eventually where my home's going to be unless I can make it to Fiji. That's the way I feel, you know. I got some traveling to do, but that's the way I yeah. look, that's the way I look at it. You know, it's funny because uh, while a lot of the world has been kind of locked down, and I have friends in California, and they're like, you know, losing their minds because of all the lockdown in their areas. You know, their businesses are like, you know, going out of business because they they're not able to provide. And here is like most places are, you know, wide open. Uh, they've been open. Uh, I could, you know, as long as you wear your mask, most of the time people don't really say anything. You know, they're like, eh, you know, well, you, they really don't care. Even when I went to St. Pete, I went to St. Pete 
and went to Panama City Beach, and I got, and no one, bro, like no one cared about the mask thing really. Uh, I yeah. went into one restaurant. I went to uh, Bonefish, I think it was, yeah, and they wanted you to wear a mask when you walked in. But after that, they didn't they didn't really care, and nobody really cared about it, dude. But look, I got. The whole reason why we have these killer viruses is because we've been, you know, stuffing everybody with antibiotics, vaccines, and masks. And, you know, these viruses, they they just adapt yeah. and grow. If you don't let immune systems and nature take care of them, they just keep growing and growing and adapting. And the next thing you know, you got the AIDS virus. Why? Because they don't want old people to die and unhealthy people to die. I don't buy it one bit. It is, it's a bad virus. I'm not going to lie. But we we built it. We made it. Now, don't go uh, start spreading uh, crazy talk like there's such things like, you know, herd immunity. Because, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't want science and fact uh, to, you know, get in everybody's mind nowadays. Because, you know, science is subjective to the left and only they tell you what science is. How does that Dude, work? You know? so, like even the medical journals nowadays, when you look at the medical journals, it used to be something that we could read to depend on, but here lately, they they especially during the election, they they bring up things like Trump and all this other stuff. It's like, what are you talking about, man? This is a medical journal. Like, why are you even talking about this stuff? So there's nothing that we can really depend on in the media except for places like you, what you and I are doing. That's the way I look at it anyways. The, well, I don't trust the media as far as I could throw them, and uh, you you could uh, you could quote that and put that in, in any uh, podcast, video cast, or you could use that on um, a trial if you want. Uh, U.S. government, I don't trust the media. You know what I would love, uh, Joe, and this I think will be you know stellar if we the people, right, started to get the opportunity to actually go in front of Congress. And, you know, they should make it easier so we can go in front of Congress and really get our point of view of, you know, what we want for the country. Because, you know, look what's going on in the Capitol. Everybody shut out of the people's Capitol, right? The people's, you know, building. And they haven't they had, you know, guards, fence like it's World War Three, And, uh, you know, funny enough, they don't want walls around the country, but they want walls protecting those Congress people because, man, they're scared. Boy, oh, boy, are they scared. Uh, but it, it's ironic, right? Crazy, crazy rednecks are scared. Look, they're doing all this stuff on purpose, man. I mean, of course, it's, it's all it's all psyops. I mean, it's all it's all you know. It's all for your for your visual, just to keep you uh, you know conditioned and entertained and fool you. Uh, but it's pretty ironic and funny when you think about they want to stop the border wall. But yet they want to keep the wall around the Capitol because, you know, they're so scared that Trump supporters are going to go in and riot and kill people. Now, the funny thing is about the Capitol, you know, uh, and there's really nothing funny about what happened. I mean, it was shouldn't have happened, I mean, regardless of where you stand on that. But the whole thing about what happened at the Capitol uh, is that one person died that we know of. It was a police officer, right? He died after the fact. He didn't die at the Capitol. The one person that died at the Capitol was shot by an enforcement of the law that belonged to Secret Service, okay? And that was that young lady, Abigail, who got shot. Or I think that's her name. And um, then you had the officer who died hours later, and then you had a couple officers who committed suicide. 
which maybe they committed suicide, maybe they were suicided, I, I don't know. But the point is, a lot fewer people were hurt or died during, you know, those couple hours that have become, like, infamous for, like, the World Trade Center incident in, in you know, 9-11. And have, it has been kind of, like, demified as, like, the worst domestic terrorist event in the history of the country. But yet, last year, we had $150 billion worth of damages caused by Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the Boogaloo Boys. And yet, they called it the Summer of Love. They declared some of these places like the CHOP, right? Uh, They said, oh, you know, this is going to continue even after the election. And it should! It's a movement. By the way, I'm quoting Kamala Harris, the vice president, who has not at all showed her face in the uh, crisis at the border, which they caused, right? Uh, but it, it's amazing to me the hypocrisy of, uh, like, how the media doesn't report any of that. And it's like, you know, everything is A-OK, but when Trump was in office, my goodness, is like the world was coming to an end. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, I mean, what what happened? In, you know, what happened to the Capitol was again. It was disgusting. It shouldn't have happened. But it wasn't like, you know, like these Trump supporters are going to go in now after the fact and and storm the Capitol once again, because you know we know what's going to happen. <laughs> and if any of us get uh, brave enough to try to go and reenact what happened in January or try to make you know a bigger stand. Guess what? They're all going to be charged with being crazy, redneck, uh, racist, uh, Nazi, KKK members. Even the black Cubans, like the the guy from the uh, from the uh, uh, Proud Boys, which is crazy. A black Cuban, he's one of the leaders of the Proud Boys. Somehow he became a, a redneck Nazi uh, skinhead KKK member. How does that work? Yeah, right. Well, see, the, the, that's know. what they do, man. It's like that movie. Uh... Oh, I don't know. What, what is the name of that movie? Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. But essentially what Red, they're trying to could do... Could it be Red is, Dawn? It, no, it's not Red Dawn. It's a movie where these where they categorize people into certain groups for society. And, uh, you know, I can't think of the name of it. Every time I get on the air, I can't think of anything. But, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Like, if they can categorize you, stereotype you, cast type mm-hmm. you, put you in whatever, like, don't make people individuals, right? That's the thing. Right. And so all we have to do is if we group together and do a movement or picket or whatever in any sense of the word, all of a sudden everybody in that group is labeled this or that. When realistically, there's probably everybody there were individuals. They're all individuals. They just probably happen to agree on one thing. But Right. What the media is going to do is make cast type them and make them out to be a certain type of individual. But each and every one of us is we're all like complex individuals that sometimes we don't even make sense to ourselves. So how in the hell can that even be true that ever that there's a such yeah. thing as a stereotype to begin with? No, yeah, no, it's true. Everybody is their own person, and everybody thinks you know their own way. Uh, but I mean, to answer that part of uh, what I was trying to get at earlier. Do you think it would be kind of a cool idea that uh, maybe we all should have uh, have a little bit of of time in Congress to kind of get our opinions across? I mean, most of the time these yeah. guys are doing nothing, you know. 
Yeah, I've, I've uh, always wondered about that too. Like, I think about because I have those uh, questions in my mind. Like, I'm I'm no fan of the government. I can tell you that, right? Like, but at the same time, I think about, but well, what would it be like if there was no government? And you know, you hear a lot of people say, "Man, it would be awesome. We would all become <laughs> self-reliant and we would all become independent." And I'm thinking, really? Is that how we are in history? Have we ever been in that stage where we all were super self-reliant or we all had our own little communities and we all took care of ourselves and didn't depend on these systems? Because until we show these governments that we can do that and these people, we're then always going to have a government. And any time people get together, we get crazy. You ever notice that? We just we get nutty. No, but here, here's the crazy part about that. Anytime you have... Uh, in history, I've had a system where there was maybe no government, and you had communities that sprung up in certain areas. Eventually, those communities need to rely with other people, so you build community alliances with other small pockets, and eventually, a government forms because there always has to be a structure. Who's going to build a structure, right? So you always have to have somebody overseeing it to make sure everything runs smoothly. That's how the governments always start. And, you know, the yeah. bigger you are, we, we didn't get here just by chance. The pilgrims didn't land here, and they're like, okay, we have the United States of America. Everything's nice and neat. Uh, no, there was work before we got here. You know, it took steps to, you know, put things in play. And, and you know, even if, like, say, the, the white man never got to this land, and it was all still Native Americans and, and indigenous people running around, do you still think they all, you know, 200 years later, will still all be sleeping in teepees? Probably not. You know, eventually one of them would have been like, how do you feel about building a casino right here and calling this like (laughs) uh, White Land Caucasians Casino or something like that? You know, it would be kind of a reverse thing that we call the Rednecks or the Redskins in football. (laughs) And let's call this the Caucasian Skins. And they'll have the, you know, eventually they're going to come up with with stuff. And, you you know, these things happen. You know, I, I think you know we're we're all vilified because of the way the society you know eventually evolves uh, into what it is. But I mean, in this crazy world, Joe, that we live in, the United States of America is still the best system, regardless. I mean, you can go anywhere, and I, I beg you to look for a better system than what we have here in this country. No matter how you know what way you feel about it, one way yeah. or the well, other, why do they want to come here so badly? If it's so bad, right? Well, we definitely have more freedoms than a lot of people do, more rights than a lot of people do, and we definitely have more opportunities to, which is kind of ironic, right? So we have more opportunities to become who we want to be as individuals in this country, right, in the most successful way possible. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but we definitely have that opportunity. But the weird, ironic dichotomy of that is, is this country, to me, also has a whole lot of people that I don't want to call, they're not snowflakes, just weak-minded individuals, I would say, that that have been trained that way. It's not, And I'm not saying it's not their fault. Eventually we all have to take responsibility for whatever, right? But we've been trained to become reliant. It's, it's a whole program. We've been trained to become reliant on systems, on everything, the government, the medical system, the pharmaceutical system, uh, every branch of the government to tell us what to do, to do our finances, to make sure our budgets are okay, 
uh, tell us what our, we're supposed to do with our bodies, you know. And it's like, when did that happen, right? That's that's the problem. We've been trained that way. Yeah, and, uh, and when you say trained, you know, people are like, well, I don't remember anybody taking me to a class and training me. No, it happens through indoctrination through TV, media, uh, social media, like places like Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you know, when you, when, and, and this is something I, I talk about, uh, a little bit, Joe, and I don't know if you've done your, you know, research on the whole transgender, you know, phenomenon that's going on now in the world. Uh, but when you even look at stuff like that, people are like, uh, I've been, you know, I've had this conversation where people are like, don't you notice that there's more, more transgender people now than ever before? Yeah. And when you look at it, you're like, how is that possible? And the answer is so simple and easy. You have the media pushing shows like RuPaul's show, for example, uh, which had her or him or RuPaul uh, traveling, uh, I think it only lasted like one or two seasons or something, but traveling uh, the country with a 10-year-old boy. Okay? You have the media that pushes, uh, you know, transgender uh, people that go and read in schools for elementary schools. You have uh, Ellen DeGeneres on TV. Uh, you know, you had Rosie O'Donnell on TV. And, you know, they have their demographic. You know, they have, uh, you know, their their niche. Uh, but the problem is a lot of mothers over the last 25 years or so have been watching these programs with their kids. And this is something that I've noticed right off the bat as a correlation to some of these kids that have come forward, like the uh, one Jazz, I don't know if you've seen her, um, I think her name is Jasmine Jazz, I can't remember the name, but it's Jazz something. Uh, there's her, there's another one uh, that's like an 11-year-old kid, he's, uh, well, he might be a little bit older now, but he was like the youngest transgender uh, you know, kid to go like in drag clubs or whatever. Uh, amazing or something or other, the amazing something. I can't remember these trans kids' names. But the whole point <laughs> is the whole trans phenomenon is because of, like, the mothers sitting there and watching this crap with their kids when they're one or two years old or, you know, since they're babies, you know, when they're, their brains are sponges. So they're getting all this information, and guess what's happening? They're being indoctrinated since they're babies, to think that this is okay. So when they get older and they love mom and they want to be like mom because they look, I love my mother. God bless her soul. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was very attached to my mother. But I went and watched stuff like G.I. Joe, uh, Transformers, uh, you, know, you know, stuff that had, you know, boy themes to it. So I, I, I grew up a man. Now if yeah, you're constantly watching. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Dude, I mean, Thundercats, you know, like, that was my thing as a kid. Now, it, well, that in Star Wars and the other... He-Man, G.I. Joe, right. Transformers. Yeah, it was awesome. Now, you know, kids are starting off with, like, Teletubbies. You know, uh, you have Barney, you know, I love you. You know, that's okay when you really know that's fine. Barney still a thing? I, I don't know. That's how they might have. That might have been dead for ten years. I have no idea. But that tells you how clueless I am when it comes to that kind of TV. I mean, the furthest I remember is like the Blues Clues kind of years. Because I have a friend who was like into Blues Clues for whatever reason. Shout out Starlene. <laughs> but um, you know, this is listen. This is 
I, you know, I like to talk about the occult and the esoteric and stuff like that. But one of my favorite topics, which is a touchy topic, you know, to a lot of people, but I don't really care anymore, honestly. But it's sacred sexuality. And to me, mm-hmm. the whole world, and I know this is going to sound completely nuts, but it's fringy to, to a lot of folks, and that's why I'm kind of fringy. But we're. Well, you're, fr- you're a part of Fringe FM, so bring that's it. That's right. And, and life <laughs> itself is one massive orgasm you're living in between those two forces that's what's creating everything and when we have little boys and little girls when i was a kid little boys could climb trees and you know you had guns and stuff and play knives and swords and what were we doing genetically we were trained because we have genetics to what to protect and you know kill and hunt and all that stuff so what the little kids they run around when we were little kids and boys, we run around the yard and, you know, you're dead, you're dead, bang, 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 bang. And then yep. what started all this stuff was, oh, God, that's awful, the violence and whatever. Instead of just talking to them, no, they're playing because they're being boys. It's genetically in them to grow up and be men. And every time you tell them, What's, that's wrong, or even when they're playing, and it, there is a line there that you need to talk to them about. But stop yep. sissifying the boys. let and it's and people blame it on the boys, like there's no men left. Well, it's because society's telling them that they can't play like they want, like we did when we were kids, you know. Correct. Yeah. No, and then they set them in front of the TV or in front of like a gaming system, and that becomes like you know the entertainment. I, I come from the, the the time of the 80s and 90s where we would go outside, which now is a foreign concept for kids. Outside, go play. Have fun. Ride a bike. Shoot a BB gun. Yeah. Spring an ankle. Break a leg. Do something creative with, you know, with your youth. Don't just sit in front of a tube and, you know, and play video games all day and watch Ellen DeGeneres and all these other, you know, main brainwashing type of uh, programming, which is really what's, it's a mind psyops operation since, since young. And you're right, and, you know, somebody brought uh, this up on a, an interview recently that I was watching, and they were talking about how the the black male has been uh, sissified for the last 30 years, and now they're becoming more and more, uh, you know, feminine. And I'm like, really? Have you seen what they're trying to do to the white guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, are you kidding me? We all have, that's, that's the thing, like, we all have masculine and feminine energy in us right and most of the time most of the time most dudes have a little bit more masculine energy in them than feminine and most girls have more feminine energy and then masculine and you know what even in relationships especially in Mm -hmm. intimate situations if a man can be masculine and a woman can be feminine and they can be comfortable i mean really comfortable in that situation you know what the relationships tend to work right it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't have tomboys, or it doesn't mean we don't have sensitive guys. We've always had that, right? And it doesn't mean we don't have homosexuals. We've always had homosexuals. They've been around since the beginning of time. But it, true story. Why does it have to be? Why does it have to get more complicated than that? I don't know why. Yeah, it really doesn't. Well, you know that that again, that's part of an agenda, and and I think one of the reasons, and we can we can get a little bit more fringe here now as we uh, open up the topics. Uh, I think part of, of this agenda is because it's population control. Because 
A man can't lay with a man and have babies. A woman cannot lay with a woman and have babies. And no matter if you are Caitlyn Jenner and you chop your, you know, <clears throat> your number one off and flip it inside out and, you know, do that whole flippity yeah, flip thing. See, even that, like, look, even you that know. doesn't bother me because, look, <laughs> that's, if you want to do that, that's fine. You understand what oh, I mean? Oh, no, yeah, I have no issues with them it's myself. It's fine. But why make someone like that, um, I don't know, like the leader to everything? You know how many people since Caitlyn Jenner did that go to Caitlyn and try, I guess, for advice? Like, I, what was I watching this? Burt Kreischer <laughs> goes to the cabin thing or whatever, and he talked to Caitlyn Jenner. And they had this big discussion, and the next thing you know, all of a sudden, because Caitlyn Jenner, Jenner, whoever it is, did that, you know, they become the uh, the authority in that realm. Right. Yeah. And that's what's crazy to me because somebody makes a you know a decision that's brave or whatever, that's fantastic. Be unique. I think that's beautiful, but it doesn't automatically make you an authority over all the all of that subject matter either. You can inspire Correct. people without being an authority figure. I don't think we figured that out yet. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm 100% with you and that seems to be the major problem though. When in remember transgender people are a minority of a minority. <laughs> and they, and it's like uh now they're being pushed to be the minority speaker of the whole country. And it's because there's a lot of them that are in positions to, you know, make that push. And when you have somebody like a Bruce Jenner who becomes Caitlyn Jenner, I mean, this is an iconic person, you know, an Olympic hero that made this transition into a woman. So it's an easy push for the media. And I think that's one of the reasons why he got so much coverage. But it's unfortunate for other people who have been going through that issue mentally for years because they don't have the resources as uh, Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, you know, exactly. a lot of them are suffering Friends, mental the Hollywood connections, yeah. the money. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, I mean, for Bruce or Caitlyn or whatever, it's an easy transition. But for you know the average person, it's not as easy, and it's very personal. And some people don't want to be put you know in that position to be you know observed. Because some people, you know, feel that way, but they don't want to, like, exactly, like, address it in front of the world. And, I, you know, one, and that's one of the, I think, the backlash that uh, Caitlyn Jenner faced early on from the trans community was that itself. Where they were saying, well, you know what, you shouldn't be the, the vocal point here because you have so many resources at your disposal. Yeah, it's easy for you to do it, but it's not easy for the rest of the world to do it. So while you're there on uh, the, uh, that show Unmasked, it looks like a freak like the Phoenix. I don't know if you saw that freak show uh, that just aired. Uh, but, what, you know, Caitlin can do all that and get away with, you know, killing somebody in a car right before the transition happened. And nothing happens to, to Caitlin. Uh, you know, if that was anybody else and they would have been involved in that car accident, they would have gone to prison. You know, they don't get, they don't have it as easy. So, I mean, that's part of it also. And I hate the way the media always picks and chooses who they are going to, like, you know, uh, put forward as the role model of the, the moment. And right now it seems like all the role models are either gay or transgender. You notice that? Everybody's gay now. Like, yeah. If, you're yeah. not, if you're not gay or trans, you, you're not going to make it in Hollywood. If you're not gay well, or I trans, think... the media doesn't want to even yeah. help you. 
Well, I think like Teal Swan was spot on when she said this, but, you know, when the feminist movement started in the 60s. Yep. You know, in the 70s, that was great. You know, don't get me wrong, it was great, but instead of the the feminist movement and the women actually embracing the feminine, they ended up, because they, they wanted to change things so much, they ended up, you know, becoming more masculine. And, and then this is what you see nowadays, right? You see a lot of women having to be masculine or more masculine. You know, it's all about, you know, the money and I'm a survivor and do all this other stuff and I don't want no scrubs and blah, 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 blah. It's all about getting things done. And, you know, they, they had to move into this masculine energy and then turned around and asked the man to be masculine, but not too masculine, emotional, but not too emotional, right? You can be emotional, but don't be too emotional. Be masculine, but don't be too masculine. Never show your feminine side. And uh, be protective, but don't be too protective. And it got to just as being a man, you had to be in this perfect balance all the time or you were screwed. And all that really needed to happen was for them to embrace their feminine instead of moving into that masculine power. And that's still kind of going on today because now we have all these sensitive guys right they had a big article about it in china and they tried to they even have a whole program in china where they're trying to even uh, make men more masculine over there it's crazy man that's so that's how socialism works though when they start messing with you like that yeah yeah well it starts with gender and it starts then with other things i mean but china's always had that kind of like issue i mean don't they still have the uh two child or two children per couple rule or something they can't have one or two kids uh china i, I, I think I it's china that. right well yeah. yeah i think so but it's like uh, um, when i when i read that article and it's on the fringe of him twitter too i think uh amanda posted it up there but it was it was really crazy to see, like, the government controlling how masculine boys should be. Yeah, like, what the, yeah. Why did, why did they have any say-so in that, right? And, well, we're well, in the I'm, United States, so we don't do it like that. That's that's a, yeah, But we do do it like that. We do it with the media here. Right. The same thing. No, and it, I think it's worse here because not only is it done with the media, uh, it's done, you know, to a degree now that it's, uh, it's not just, uh, the, it's also, it's going into academics. You're getting schools that are, are starting to teach this. Uh, you know, and that's where it becomes scary when you read reports of schools, they have transgender people that are literally reading, uh, books about being transgender to elementary school kids. That in itself is, I mean, that's right, you know, I mean, who thinks of stuff like right? that? Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw one report, and Joe, this this was creeping me out. They had this one transgender person uh, sitting there in front of a bunch of kids, and he, it, the person was wearing a dress, no underwear, balls hanging out all over the place. Oh, that's disgusting. Now, exactly. Now, imagine you're a seven or eight year old, and you're sitting right there, face full of balls. And you're hearing about this guy reading about how great it is to be transgender. I would have to, I don't even know what to say to that, man. I really don't. I, I, that's that's the education system for you as a whole, number one, because it's, everything seems like it's backwards nowadays, doesn't it? It seems like we're in backwards world. Yep, yep. 
Like I said, they flipped it inside out. The, and the, the, you know, it, it's crazy to, to think about stuff like that. But I'm not even making it up. I mean, you know, like some people are like, well, can we fact check you? Yeah, go to YouTube, Google, anywhere. Just it's there. I'm not making this stuff up. I mean, th- this was happening before the pandemic. And uh, and it's funny because now academics, uh, you know, they they don't want to fully open up, right? And they're getting billions of dollars. I mean, do we really want to send our kids back to school at this point? If that's what they're teaching us, teaching them, I mean, yeah. Well, I'm glad that there's, you know, there's a lot of energy going on of individual expression. I think that's great. I really do. Um, but I think we need to become more self-reliant. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it in a way where you don't ask your neighbor or your friend for help because I don't like being around those people too much either. I'm starting to learn people that just, you know, can't stand other people to ask for help. Everybody needs help sometimes. What I don't yep. like is the fact that we've become, we're becoming super reliant on systems and they're just, they just keep making it worse, man. They just yeah. keep stacking yeah. and stacking and stacking. And trust me, 10 years from now, I bet you, unless we do something about it, they'll come up with something else to make us rely on. I mean, what this whole COVID thing has shown me is is that there's only, there's not that many people out there actually doing their own research, number one. And that's scary. We, our country wasn't built on men like that or women like that. But that's the country yeah. we've become now. Yeah. You know, I had uh, recently here, uh, recently I had um, a really interesting show where we got into the topic of uh, UFOs and aliens and stuff. And uh, I wondered, you know, out loud, and uh, it, it was a question that's been boggling my mind, and I've talked about it recently more and more. If what Trump did, you know, when he left office, uh, where he put the 180 days uh, for the Pentagon to disclose more information, if that had anything to do with what's been going on over the last two years, you know, let's take it a little bit more fringe here. Uh, what do you think of, of the possible uh, movement towards disclosure, considering everything that's happening around the world where we are now? I think even with Trump being in there, it, I mean, even with what Trump did, I am not, and I talked about this with Stephen Bassett, like, yep. That's one. Of the, that's where it started with here, also, by the way. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm not really impressed with this whole to the stars, these mock trials, and you know, hanging on to the government, saying, "Well, at least we've got a foot in the door. This is great. At least they're thinking about it." And it's like you've become subservient to this idea that if, as long as the government gives you a cookie or puts their hand out a little bit and says, "Okay, we'll do this little thing for you," you know, then it you're then it's good. It's not good. Mock trials and whatever they're doing with To the Stars and all this stuff is nothing but offense, man. That's all it is. And I don't think we're going to get real disclosure until, I mean, until somebody just really opens up. Look, we got Tim Doyle from UFO Seekers. This guy Mm -hmm. I know personally got closer to Area 51 than anybody with a camera and didn't really... It didn't really reveal a whole lot. A lot of the stuff that he's photographed that people are calling aliens has been 100% space stuff and military. But he did actually catch a photograph of some UFO stuff. And there's, we cannot depend on these people, especially the government, to tell us what that is. Even if Trump was in there, this is my opinion, for 16 years, 
he they're still not he's still going to be that front man that they just kind of keep behind the scenes. I don't think we'll ever oh, get of course until yeah. something crazy happens. Well, I, I think the crazy thing that has to happen is there's a crash uh, in a, like a city somewhere where everybody sees it. Like yeah, exactly. something they, they something that cannot be covered up, like what happened at Roswell or anything like that, which like a little incident in a farmer's field somewhere. Uh, if like for example, a major city like you know right here in Miami, Florida, say uh, like a sports stadium or something uh, got hit by a UFO or something like crazy like that because there was a crash. Something like that, I think, would you know make it obvious uh, that you know okay, this is what's happening. Uh, and there's no more going back. Or if they land on the White House lawn and they just start saying, you know what, it's time for us to make ourselves disclosed. But why would they even want to do that? I mean, we're still at war with each other, and we can't get over, you know, simple things like divisiveness here on Earth. Imagine if we threw aliens into the mix, where we keep dividing ourselves here so much on this planet, where we have, like, the alphabet community, black, white, Latinos, Asians, you know, we have everything, but we don't push humans. Uh, it's funny, right? It is funny. It is It is funny, man. But that's my point. Like, back to what I was saying, uh, when I talked to Stephen Bassett about it, I mean, no, don't get me wrong, I'm excited that they got, you know, a little place up there in Washington, and, you know, he gets to do a podcast with people, and they're doing mock trials and all this other stuff, that they made it aware to the government. But to think that... right. We should be super stoked about it and just kind of hold on to those coattails and, and let these, you know, people like Elizondo and all these other people just would just hold on to their coattails and they'll tell us what's going to happen because we, we just don't have any other way in. I think that says everything about America. The government has all the power, at least that's what they want us to believe, and we'll never be able to get our power back as a people, so we just need to just – Take whatever they give us. That's how it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, as far as disclosure is concerned, uh, you know, even if they tell us, yeah, you know, there's stuff that we're seeing flying in the skies, and like they're doing now with little drips of information with the Pentagon footage and stuff, which we've seen for years now. None of that was new anyway. Uh, but even like, you know, little drips like that doesn't mean they're going to tell you that everything that we've ever thought was reality is real. Uh, or that, you know, even the Roswell crash was real or the Phoenix lights were real or they have been in contact with aliens. I mean, who knows what kind of disclosure they're going to talk about. That's one of the things that I got into it with Steven and I, I love having Steve Bassett on. He's a phenomenal. Yeah, he's doing uh, good work. Don't give me a call. Yeah. Uh, but he is uh, is stuck on that one thing where he thinks that when they give us disclosure, it's going to be like the whole kit and caboodle. That's it. Uh, everything's going to be open up. Uh, I don't think that's going to ever happen. Uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen because of the technology that they might have if there is some kind of a contact that has ever been made. And until humanity has overcome our own, you know, ignorance, and that joke is going to take a very long time from you know the looks of everything. Well. I know this is going to sound even weirder, but I think whatever's out there, there's definitely something out there watching us and observing us, waiting for us to awaken what our real potential is. And until we do that, I don't think it's going to make itself known too much because we're just now starting to get into, you know, they're starting to, you know, like uh, Dean Radin 
wrote that book, Magic is Real, and this is a big subject for me. We call science that we don't understand yet magic. But right. it's slowly starting to come together. You know, the quantum the quantum physicists and all these people are starting to understand, oh, yeah, we are kind of manifesting our reality. Or there is a metaphysical realm. And I think, and I'm hoping, the more they keep looking for dark matter and they keep finding nothing. Well, it's dark. we found another particle, but we haven't found dark matter yet. Or we found another particle. They just keep drawing a blank with dark matter. Right. So... I think eventually they're going to be like, okay, maybe there is an unseen realm, something that we can't really detect with our five senses, obviously, that needs to be mm-hmm. studied as much as space and physicality itself, right? We need to put much money and stuff behind this, quote, metaphysical realm, too, and I think that's when we'll start making some real progress. But the question is, uh, do we want to even go in that route? Uh, because, you know, that almost sounds like you're trying to travel, you know, to maybe another parallel universe or dimensional. Uh, when you started, you know, working with science in that sense, and this is what scared me about the Hydrogen Collider and, uh, you know, stuff like that is you open the possibilities to, to open up wormholes and open up black holes and, you know, do all kinds of well, stuff that... Exactly that it could be completely disastrous to the planet and to humanity and to the, our own universe. You never know how far, you know, you could accidentally take things. Right. Uh, That's not, exactly, though. Them studying this stuff in a physical manner. They're smashing particles yeah. together to try to find... They're trying to get to the smallest particle or dark matter or whatever instead of just... Maybe they need to realize that there's some things that aren't meant to be seen, that there is a metaphysical realm because... Like what you're saying, dude, who's going to stop these guys? Who's who's over there with a pen and mm-hmm. a pad saying, uh, are you sure you guys are doing, is this safe? Who's smarter than them? Who's going to test them and tell them that it's safe or it's not? So if you get a mad scientist who's a genius, which that's what we're under right now, is a bunch of mad scientists hmm. using AI, people trying to planet jump and people smashing particles together. Who are the mm-hmm. people that oversees and, t- and make sure that they're being safe? Who's smart enough to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. You're absolutely right. And uh, if you can't say that somebody is smarter than they are, then how can you even trust that person? Because, uh, you know, somebody could be brilliant and have, you know, even noble intentions and still goof it up and, you know, they could still have an accident. You know, those things could happen. And in fact, you know, I got into it uh, recently on the show about Roswell, um, where I believe Roswell happened, uh, but I think it was something that we were testing. And as, you know, things happen when you test new, you know, objects or new material, new things that fly, uh, new technologies, you're going to have issues that, you know, that happen. And uh, that's what I think might have happened at Roswell. We were testing some of our own engineering uh, that we, you know, back-engineered, maybe from a crash-down UFO or maybe from uh, an object that we found or something maybe Tesla could have been working on back in the day that, you know, we we stumbled upon when we invaded his uh, inner uh, circle after he passed away and took all his stuff. And, uh, you know, back then... We also had just inherited Werner von Braun after the war, 
and a lot of Nazi scientists, which include the Nazi Bell, and if you want to believe all the programs they might have been working on. So, I, I mean, when you put all that stuff together and you put Roswell, there's a good chance that that was one of ours that crashed. And, I, I mean, when you look at things like that, it, it when you start talking about the players involved, yeah, mad scientist comes to, to perfect terminology because what was Werner van Braun if not a mad scientist? But at the same time, we have him to thank for the space program, right? NASA wouldn't have been invented if it wasn't Werner van Braun, or at least would not have had the uh, the advancements that it had if it wasn't for for him. So, uh, while some mad scientists are are good. But you're right. Who's to, who's overseeing these people? And if you're not smart enough to like, you know, figure out that they may uh, maybe may making a mistake, those mistakes could be really bad yeah. for the world. Well, look at Jack Parsons, right? Jack Parsons, yeah. you know, and the, they were pretty much responsible for jet propulsion and all the things that we know about jet propulsion, including rockets and things that go into space mm-hmm. and all our missiles and all that stuff. But what happened to him? He got off involved with Aleister Crowley. And a lot of you know sex magic stuff, and blew himself up in his garage in, in an experiment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, this stuff is happening now. I mean, I'm sure there's. If you really look at it too, it's not just just jets and uh, the hydron collider, man. There is stuff going on now that's crazy, crazy going on with artificial intelligence, lasers. There's a literal war going on in space that we're not even talking about right now over asteroids and spaces on the moon everybody they're all trying to yeah. one-up each other up there right now yeah how do you feel about the space force well i think honestly <laughs> i think it was a smart, i mean it's funny but i think it was a smart move i just think that instead of saying we have a space force you need to really tell us what the space force is actually doing other than well they're just going to go uh-huh. over you know, like, just tell us what they're doing. Don't just make a force and say, well, we have a presence in space or on the moon now. I want to know how, what, as a citizen especially, what their responsibilities are all the way down to the T, as much as I know about the Air Force or the Army and all this other stuff. That stuff's not even out there yet. So who really knows what's going on with that? Yeah. You know, there's a, an asteroid uh, that supposedly they found in Space Force and NASA are, are looking on tracking. Uh, and they're trying to, like, uh, I guess they they're already are on way of doing this. I think it's going to be in the next few months, actually, where they're, uh, they're going to fire something at it to see if they can move it off course. And it's like target practice. They're trying to see if this would work. Remember, like, the movie Armageddon? Uh, yeah. where they, yeah, yeah. they went up, yeah, and they like launched, uh, like a bomb and it blew up and so trying to like deviate the, the comet to make sure it didn't hit the earth. Now, uh, according to like science or, you know, the scientists involved behind this, the comet is not going to hit the earth. But I wonder if they blow something up around this comet to try to move it, if maybe those pieces will take a different direction and hit the earth. Because, when you go boom and things blow up, things tend to go in all kinds of direction, even in the vacuum of space. And they already did a trial on this already. You know that, right? They've done a couple, yeah, but they, I mean, so far, you know, we've been lucky, but how lucky are we going to be? I mean, we had a comet uh, that passed by, it was like, what, a few thousand feet from the other, I think, like 400,000. Yeah. 
or something like that, Feet from the Earth recently, and we were like, oh, we didn't even see that one coming. It just kind of like, yeah, those last minute we saw, imagine that that was the case. Right. Well, this is kind of like (laughs) the old gods called Jupiter the Great Protector, and in the magic and the occult realms, it still is, is because without Jupiter, we'd be dead. It literally blocks all this stuff from us. So it's not, and I know Graham uh, Hancock said this too, he said it's not a matter of, uh, if it's going on, if we're going to be hit by a big one, it's just a matter of when. Like, it's going to happen. So they're they're all up there trying to figure this out. And the last test they did, I believe it was a mock test, too, where they launched a projectile uh, explosive, which is, it was only like 10 pounds of explosives because the geniuses at NASA figured, well, all we got to do, since it's space, right, no matter how big this thing is, is just hit it with 10 pounds of explosives and knock it off its course. But they tried that, and it didn't do anything. And I, I believe it was either Japan or France, I forget, who tried this mock thing because America was already talking about it. So the second America or anybody comes out and says, we're thinking about trying this thing, another country goes out and tries to do it first. And I think that's kind of dangerous, too, because they're all trying to, mm-hmm. instead of working together, one-up each other, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, the, you know, the space race is, uh, it's never really ended. It's just, uh, taking many different faces. Uh, and it's funny enough, uh, they, they've been telling us that we haven't been back to the moon in decades, but I think we're not only been back to, I think we have a president on the moon, uh, presence on the well, moon. How, how many private missions has Elon Musk did for the government, admittingly? You don't yeah, think he sent uh, something to the yeah. moon by now? Oh, of course. You know, and it's funny enough, uh, Elon Musk now is, uh, once again, the richest man on the planet. Dude, he scares huh? How's that? Me. I don't know who scares me more. <laughs> it's him. Because Elon Musk is like, he, he looks like this apathetic nihilist kid who just has a really curious brain that doesn't yeah. really care anymore. And then, then you got Bill Gates, who's like the ultimate villain, thinks he's saving hmm. the world but killing everybody. Is he putting? He's going to put chalk in the atmosphere now. Chalk. Oh, that's the new thing. Doesn't Bill Gates kind of remind you of like a uh, Bond villain? Yeah, he's a super villain for sure. <laughs> all the all the super villains think that they're the heroes that they're doing. Yeah, you know, society a favor, and they end up screwing everything up. Yep. You know, and the the way, though, that society has been going, though, Joe, I've got to tell you, sometimes I feel like, you know, maybe a comet hitting the Earth is not the worst thing that could happen at this point. <laughs> Wake everybody up, that's for sure. <laughs> well, or mean, just send everybody to sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at 9-11 when that happened. Um, that was a travesty. But it pulled people together in ways that we haven't seen citizens do in a long time, and I would, you know, you would think that we would have stayed that way, but slowly but surely we kind of back to our old ways again. Um, and what, what, you know, I would think that COVID would do that too, but COVID has definitely shown just how uh, influential things are, uh, the government is, or just the media as a whole. Like if I don't wear a mask, some people literally consider me a murderer. Like I'm a stone cold killer. That's how crazy it is. 
Well, that's, yeah, it's uh, the, how crazy society is definitely becoming. Uh, remember, again, we're living in a place where you can be a black Cuban and be considered a white Nazi. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. That is true. I'll never get over that report. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's oh, it's crazy. Now you have uh, white people who think they're black, black people who think they're white, men who think they're women, cats and dogs living together. It's anarchy and chaos, I tell you. We've, we're living Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's reality. <laughs> and we have a third movie coming out, Afterlife. So, I, I mean, it's scary. Yeah, well, I think... Uh... <laughs> I think if I hit the lottery, I'm just going to disappear, go to Fiji. Not that I don't love America. I do. I want to, I kind of want to lay back and see what happens for a little while. You know, I'm probably going to end up in a breakaway society somewhere in the woods talking on shortwave radio, (laughs) you know, somewhere. You know, I'm always, you know, being buried up in one of these smart cities that they're building, dude, is, they just know too much about us. I was I wanted to be that one guy. I don't, I don't know if you remember the movie. I think it was the Day After Tomorrow, one of these uh, you know apocalyptic movies. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it was Woody Harrelson where he had the RV and he's traveling, and uh, he's still broadcasting even though the world's ending, and he's still doing his podcast. Yeah, I always kind of I always yeah. thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I want to have that RV and I want to be that guy. Why not? Yeah, man, just, do it. That's that's my next. Write it out. Get an RV. And a radio tower. That's a, that's my next yes. two biggest things I want to do. You know, I had the RV and I had to sell it. That was a couple of years ago because oh. broke my back in a car accident. And then I had a tumor in my leg. They required surgery, and well, nobody was locked down yet. I was locked down for months, and then the COVID hit, and everybody joined me in the lockdown. And I was like, hey, "Why are you people crying? You bunch of sissies! I've been doing this for three months. Stay, right. quit your crying." It could be a lot worse, too. That's the thing. You know, when COVID was happening, there were so many people saying, don't do this. You can't cross state lines or don't get on an airplane. You know, when COVID hit, I had a pretty good time. I mean, I was alone. I was probably the loneliest I've ever been in my entire life because I'm away from everybody up here. But, But I traveled across the country, like, twice. I rode on airplanes. Uh I pretty much did everything I wanted to do except see a concert and go to, you know, a bar or something. So, like, it wasn't really as crazy and scary as everybody was making it out to be. It never really truly was. It was there in the beginning, but the fear and the paranoia and the hysteria kind of took over. And, you know, now they got it to where people just want normality, the whole, you know, bad. Yeah. Even if they don't believe in it, it's like, oh, the hell with it. I'll just wear a mask and do all the stuff. And it's like, back to the herd immunity again, we've given up on nature. We're afraid to take the mask off because people that have bad health might die. But how is it any different before COVID? People with bad health die. That's how it works. Yeah. No, I saw a chart uh, recently that had uh, the flu deaths of the last uh, eight years. And, you know, it's always a couple hundred thousand per year die of the flu. And ironically enough, the regular flu had only killed 180 people in the last year, mm-hmm. according to this one chart. <laughs> yeah, right. So it went from like 100,000 people to 180 people. Well, I wonder what happened to the, the other 100,000 plus. 
Yeah, exactly. And look, I don't want anybody you know? to die. And if you got bad health and you have diabetes or you're overweight, hell, I'm overweight too. I'm I'm working on it though. But here's the thing: Guilty. like, yeah, I mean, if if my body becomes diseased or my immune system gets low, that's my responsibility, right? If I take care of my immune system, and I take care of my body, and I can fend off a lot of stuff. It's just like when we were kids. You know, you got the parents that send their babies to the doctor every time they got a fever. And then you got the other parents that are smart enough to go, well, let's let the fever, you know, go just a little bit until it gets to a certain point. Let's right. let the kid build up his own immune system, you know. Um, and when you do that, these viruses, I don't know if you know any, I don't know too much about biology, but I know this. Like, these viruses die and then they mutate and they die and they mutate again, but it's on a much, much slower rate because we're all like taking care of our immune systems. When we don't do that and we just block the viruses from working at all or infecting anybody, then they just keep mutating and mutating until they can affect somebody. That's kind of like how AIDS got started, right? Same thing. Yeah. So by the time we all get down the road with these masks, whatever this thing is, it's going to be so freaking crazy that there's nothing that can stop it once you get infected that you're done. So no, and if, the funny thing is the masks kill, just let some people die. That's what life's about, you know. The the masks, I mean, scientifically, if you want to go back to science, the mask does not even work. Uh, and here's the here's the kicker: why you can wear a mask or you can wear two masks, okay? You know, if it's an airborne virus, it can go into your eyeballs. It's still infect you. Yeah, right. So, so you know, if you don't have uh, protection for your eyes, you're screwed to begin with. But let's let's t- let's take it up a notch. You know, they've also said that it can attach itself to your clothing, which means once you get in your car or you're at home and you take the mask off, you can still get infected. So, why are we so depending on the mask? When at the end of the day, does absolutely nothing. Because even if you wear the mask, the way the fabric works, the supposedly COVID-19 is so small that it goes right through the, the fabric holes. So it's not like it's going to protect you anyway. And I love now that people are wearing like two or three masks and they're like, oh, well, you know, double your protection. Yeah, but the problem is you're getting less oxygen in your brain. Meathead. Yeah, that's not really good for you, too. You got the mask and the screen <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, I, what I do think though is, is like, I don't want to take away people's freedoms in this situation. I don't think that's right. I mean, I think if, if people want to take a vaccine, let them, let them take a vaccine. Just keep in mind that it's experimental. If people want to wear a mask, let them, but the people that don't want to do that stuff, you shouldn't make them. I mean, it is what it is like, but that's, what's going to happen. It's going to be the airplanes and schools and stuff. I hope not. I really hope not, but. If you anybody does the research on the the speed of the mutation of this virus, there's a reason why it's mutating faster than any other virus you've ever seen. It's because we're not letting it do its thing. You know, they're telling you everybody wear a mask and we'll yep. starve it out. Well, you can't really starve out viruses, man. They mutate. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Cold viruses have been mutating since the beginning of time. So oh, and, and even and, and even if we lock things down or if we open everything up. That doesn't matter. It's going to mutate regardless. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, so, you know, you it's one of those things I'd rather die like a man with my two feet on the ground than live like a coward, you know, and, 
and hide behind the wall forever. Uh, you know, so, you know, if I'm going to go, look, we're all going to die anyway, so it's not like we're going to live forever, you know, like you might as well enjoy it. Why are you going to take the, the little time we might have and not let us enjoy it? You know, I'm not religious, but if people want to go to church, who's to stop them? And the funny thing is, they, there's still a big thing about that, which uh, it, it's boggling, mind-boggling, uh, because Joe, you know, they, they're now opening up Major League Baseball and basketball. You know, people can go to sporting events, but you can't go to church. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, I mean, what are we talking about here? You hold on. You can go to Publix. You can go to Walmart, but you can, you know, have your own little, you know, small shop open in places like New York and yeah, California. I want you guys to think about this for a minute too. Do you remember when, like, COVID first came out and they had those viral videos of people, you know, where they had all those buildings in China and people flopping all over the place and dying mm-hmm. and blah, 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 and all that stuff? You keep, yep. keep in mind, I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but think about the effect of videotaping a warehouse full of people that you that maybe they did get hit with some type of weapon or some type of disease or something. Just one videotape of that and then put it across the United States and say, this thing's spreading like crazy. How easy would it be to say that the common cold is COVID? Even the advanced form of the common cold. Because people don't want that, right? And then the the one guy that has, and I'm not saying this is true, I'm just telling you like how things, how we get affected. And they had this one guy on TV that had to get a lung transplant from it. Hmm. Same thing, right? Like, they don't show all the people that got healed from it, or even the people that they didn't really do much to. They show the one guy that had the fluke situation that he had to get a lung transplant and almost died and videotaped him saying, well, you don't want this stuff, and he's 35 years old. Well, that stuff happens with the flu. That stuff happens with mm-hmm. pneumonia. It ha- There's always these freak cases that happen, too, but they don't make a spectacle yeah. out of it. But now they do with COVID, you know. Do you remember that uh, nurse, um, Tiffany Dover, that took the vaccine um, early on and she fainted on live TV? Yeah, I remember that. And didn't they not, isn't, is that the one where they didn't even push the plunger in on her or whatever? Or is that a different one? I think that was a different one. No, that was a different one. No, this one, uh, she was uh, a nurse in, uh, I think it was Chattanooga. And um, she had taken the vaccine. She, passed out uh, as soon as she did, a couple of minutes after she took it and uh people went online immediately after they interviewed her after she woke up but online uh, it was it went crazy people started saying that she died um that she you know her reaction was more than what they were telling us uh she even came out publicly right after she woke back up and she said that she had a, a nervous reaction that she has every once in a while when she's in a little bit of pain or it's like a systemic thing yeah. that with her immune system. So, it, like, just the, the prick of the needle, you know, and the cameras being all there in front of her because it was, the, like, one of the first, um, I guess, uh, the times that they had uh, recorded somebody for press taking the vaccine. And um, I think she might have been the first first responder to get vaccinated, and that's what was a big deal. And I guess, you know, the, the tension of the moment got to her and she fainted. But the the thing is, you know, it's been months now and nobody's heard from this girl. She gave that one interview and then she's disappeared from social media. Really? And That's weird. Yeah, it, it's very creepy. And uh, I wonder, 
because I called and I, I I put a video on this on YouTube where I called the hospital and I spoke to their marketing um, department and I spoke to a lady named Lisa McCluskey McCluskey or something like that and a very nice lady. She told me that uh, you know she pretty much explained you know the situation with her health and that she's okay and this and that and that she will you know that she's you know just trying to take it easy. But again, it's been months and not a peep. Now I wonder, is that something maybe the occult is putting out there uh, to scare certain parts of the population because uh, maybe they got to her and maybe she was a plant. I don't know, but it, it almost seemed like a very weird footage. Even the actual video of her fainting and giving the interview, it almost felt like it was prepared. You know, like like well, somebody you, had you planned like, it out. When you say the occult, do you mean like? I mean, because the occult just means hidden. But you mean like, were like the secret government agencies or secret right? The hidden governments, the hidden people yeah. that are behind the whole thing, the occult, you know, movement behind. Because I think that all this is uh, occult movements. Everything that's happening right now, hidden for sure. Yeah, hidden movements. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. There's definitely that going on. There's agendas. There's a man. It goes a lot all the way back to the Nazis, really. Like, honestly. There is an agenda to, like, I guess, I don't know, like, euthanasia or whatever. I, I don't know. Like, I get too deep into this stuff, and I just start freaking out. Not not personally, like, I'm scared and I'm not going to do anything. Freaking out in the sense that it pisses me off that we allow this stuff to happen. Because I dare anybody to research this stuff. Like, really research without any bias or anybody telling you anything. Like, do your own research about RNA, the vaccines. Do your own research about uh um, uh, I can't even think of his name. Why do I draw? A, I think I'm getting old. Fushi? Fauci? Yeah, no, dude. Um, we we say old. I mean, that, that's about Bill Gates. All the companies that he's involved with. Ah, all of the yeah. all of the vaccines and trials that they did. All of the different trials and companies he's been involved with. Do your research about how many people were trying to make a vaccine for this virus. Seven different yeah. pharmaceutical companies before it ever even was announced that there was COVID, and just keep yep. digging and keep digging, and you'll see that you don't want to dig too far because it'll start freaking you out and pissing you off. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, it, it's funny. Uh, it, it, and last year was kind of like a domino effect, really, when you're talking about things that happened. Right now, we're going through the uh, Derek Chauvin trial with uh, George Floyd's death from last year. Um, and when I say the occult, look how, uh, you know, like ironic this is, Joe. Um, I don't know if you know this, uh, Mr. Floyd, or as they now have uh, labeled him St. Floyd, uh, was involved in pornography before he had taken his last breath. And no. in his, yes, he was a porn star. And he did several porn videos. And this was uh, pointed out to me by somebody who recently, uh, I had no idea on this uh, either until there was, they told me, did you know that he has, he had uh, tattooed on him uh, occultish things that do with the Illuminati? And I was like, who? And they're like, George Floyd. And I was like, are you serious? And, they, and, and I didn't believe it. I was like, how would you know? I mean, how would you see his body? You know, like, would you see this, you know, this imagery? And they're like, Dude, he did porn. Didn't he have like, like a what? twin brother or something like that too, or what? Oh, I don't know about that. I I, I don't know, you know, that part of his story. I don't, I'm not sure if he had a twin brother, but I do know this much. 
Uh, they sent me a still image of uh, his chest, you know, without, you know, himself without a shirt. And sure enough, he had uh, tattoos uh, that are very Illuminati, occultist tattoos on him. And uh, like, do you ever see an eye, pyramid, stuff like that? And uh, it's ironic that he goes through what happened with him, dies, it springs off this domino effect of of riots and, and all kinds of things throughout the country and during the uh, pandemic. And then you have everything else that happened all during the uh, 2020 year. It almost feels like a, a scripted story, doesn't it? Yeah, sometimes it does, for sure. <laughs> and I don't even like it. Go go down that road a lot of times because I know that it's just going to lead me down a, a different a road of different paths where I'm not going to get any answers. And I, what I usually <laughs> do is I stop at, you know, I mean I put a lot together, but what I usually do is when I get to that point where they've proven to me that I can't trust them and then that somebody's lying about something, I kind of stop right there, and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm done with you. I trust in what you're going to say. That's where I am with the. That's where I am with the media and uh, with the social uh, media. I, I I can't trust any of these guys, and it, it's funny because in my family we have a lot of uh, folks that are in media. Uh, one of them is pretty notorious. Uh, he's related to my mother's side of the family. Uh, I'm sure you know the name Jim Acosta. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sadly enough, he's, uh, related to my mom's side of the family through his, uh, family. And, uh, it's, uh, it really seems like, you know, like the entire media spectrum, doesn't matter who, you know, who they are, have completely sold out. And it's almost like they're under a spell. So if you want to get back into magic for a second, it, it does seem like they're all under this weird leftist occultist spell. Because it, there's a lot of players involved in this thing. And we're talking about, you know, it's not a dozen people. We're talking about, about probably thousands of people that are involved this, in this right. thing. And that's the scariest part of all. Yeah, I don't even thousands like that. I don't thousands. even know, man. I don't even know anymore, honestly. Uh, I just, I get to the point, like I said, where I just don't trust them. You know, yeah. I keep I keep a tight circle of people that I trust. And I try to grow my circle of people that I trust. I like to communicate and network and do my own research and stuff and search hidden things. But all of the, the pharmaceutical companies, the government, the media, like that stuff, it's old news. Mad scientists is freaking me out. Artificial intelligence is freaking me out a little bit. You know, that stuff freaks me out, too. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, man. And I'm all about exploring, like, the human potential. Like, what is our potential as individuals so we don't have to? really depend on these people anymore yeah unfortunately though it's uh, if we flip them out of the scene and uh, you know we start or do a, a reset as they're trying to do a great reset if we have an actual reset eventually though joe you know this reset is going to deal with another government another set of structures another uh, laws and we're back at square one you know what i mean uh, uh, we're almost, we're almost out of time here, but I, I you know, I, I know that your show airs Monday through Thursdays and, uh, it's weeknights, uh, let me see, from 9 p.m. to midnight, uh, which, yeah. uh, uh, now you weren't live tonight. I know that because you're, you're here. Are you going to go live tonight? 
in the next. No, I'm about to go live in like eight minutes. That's why I'm, I'm messing oh. up. Oh, yeah, I got to run. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, we're done. Yeah, yeah. We're done a minute anyway. But you're you're gonna go live now again. They get to hear the show, obviously on Fringe, uh, Fringe, uh, the Fringe FM, right? That's the, well, the it's main Fringe FM, yeah. Fringe, right? The Fringe, FM. the Fringe so FM are, is our old site. That's the production services. Now Fringe okay. FM is the radio station site. And Lightning, uh, the Void dot com is yeah, the other website. Lightning, give, give, like, yeah. Light, you know, L I G H T. LightingTheVoid.com is the is the show site. Excellent. So, uh, guys, so if you're watching now, go over there and uh, keep on listening to uh, Joe Roop. Joe, man, thanks so much for spending your time here with me, and uh, I'm gonna let you go so you can get your show on the road. And uh, maybe one day I'll be, you know, you know, uh, asked uh, to be back on your show sometime. Yeah, brother, perhaps. we'll bring you back on for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll make a point of it. Absolutely. You're you're a good man, brother. Have a great show tonight. And uh, break a leg. Not literally. Yeah. All right, brother. Thanks for having me back on. It was good talking to you. You take care of yourself. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye. That, friends, is the uh, the Joe Roop. Again, uh, check out his uh, show, Lightning the Void, and uh, lightningthevoid.com and thefringe.fm, the two websites. And, uh, you know, check out his show. It starts at midnight. He has a fantastic show. He's a great, great, uh, host. And, uh, and, you know, he, he, you know, it is what it is. He does, uh, a really, uh, serviceable job for these topics that, uh, that we, we talk about here on the show all the time. Like ufology, like, uh, occultist stuff, uh, like what you heard tonight here with the, uh, the whole COVID and everything. Uh, you know, he's all over the place like I am, and uh, he likes to talk about a lot of different things. Uh, but, uh, guys, once again, uh, this is uh, Angel Espino. This is uh, my show. So please subscribe, you know, hit the subscribe button below, and uh, leave a comment or two. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any comments about what you heard tonight and you want me to read them on air, any questions or anything like that, I will get to them and I will address them as I get them. Uh, we're, uh, hopefully going to be doing more live stuff. I, I do want to do a Q&A, uh, live show here eventually on my Angel Espino page on YouTube and start doing that more, uh, where I don't have a guest on, like, on this show. Uh, but just have a regular, just, you know, talking to the, uh, the people in chat and, and start doing that more and more. Uh, so look out for that. I mean, that's, uh, something that I think is a little bit more, a little bit more fun. It connects a little bit more with the audience and stuff. So, and I, I do, uh, want to get more into other topics, not just the current events and politics and the fringy stuff. Uh, but anyway, friends, again, this has been fun. Go check out the uh, fringe.fm and, uh, check out Joe Roop's uh, fantastic, uh, podcast over there and show. Again, they're not just on the FM, they're worldwide, just like us here on PSN-Radio, wait, no, dash TV.com, PSN-TV.com, that's right, the public streaming network.com, and uh, this is, again, Angel Espino. Till next time, which will be Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to go ahead and uh, call this the evening, and uh, we shall return in a few days with more inside the jackal's head so guys gals and everybody else in between stay safe stay sound stay kung flu free and by all means come back again i'd love to talk to you some more
Good night, everybody. Peace.